And now, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. 2021 will stand out as the one year we did not have a Vancouver International Wine Festival. But on today's show, we're celebrating what would have been in 21 with the theme region of the wines of South America. Kicking off the show, Eddie Del Popolo joins us from Susanna Balbo Wines. He has rumored to taste every piece of dirt in Argentina. Can't wait for that. Dr. Laura Catena returns. She's the managing director at Catena Zapata. Lots to talk to Laura about, including a great new study that connects terroir as something we can talk about in real life. Uh, after Laura, Aurelio Montes Sr. from Vigna Montes, Casey Wilson, he's going to join us, and we're going to talk about something really interesting. Yes, we're going to talk about his winery where they play music in the barrel room. Oh, man, that sounds like fun. And then our old buddy Evan Goldstein, who would have uh, led the South American group here, will come on to set the stage, and he's got some interesting news for us, Casey. What What's his theme? Yes, he's talking about the 10 South American nations that make wine. Okay, all that and more coming up next on an action-packed BC Food & Wine Radio Network show. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. British Columbia's wine growing history dates back generations and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. With Save On Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Browse the entire collection now at saveonfoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer. Overlooking a beautiful 12-acre vineyard in the heart of the Cowichan Valley, the Unsworth Restaurant welcomes you to get away from it all. Enjoy a delectable menu and award-winning wines in our dining room or outdoor patio. Unsworth Restaurant, vineyard dining where casual meets elegant. You can find Unsworth wines across BC. Look for us at your local liquor store. Visit unsworthvineyards.com. Red Rooster Winery invites you on a sensory journey from grape to glass. Savor the sweeping vineyard, lake, and mountain views from their cozy estate tasting room on Naramata Bench. This month, they're featuring their award-winning and estate-grown Reserve Malbec, the perfect bold red to complement any occasion. Seated tastings are offered Thursday through Monday from 11 till 5 this winter. Come for the views, stay for the wine. Visit redroosterwinery.com for more info. Tony Haller, owner of Poplar Grove Winery. At Poplar Grove, every day on the Naramata bench is a journey to create fantastic wines. We couldn't do it without our dedicated team or the family of wine lovers who gather at our wine club to enjoy the many benefits of membership, like world-class wines delivered to their door and exclusive events at the winery like our wine club barbecue. Join us on the journey to make truly great wines. Visit us at poplargrove.ca. Poplar Grove, available at private fine wine stores. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. California. 
Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, today's show honoring uh, the Vancouver International Wine Festival, which is on hold uh, for 2021. But the theme, Wines of South America, is our theme today. And to kick it off, we have Evan Goldstein. He's a Master Sommelier, President and Chief Education Officer for Full Circle Wine Solutions, who would have sort of led the band here uh, this week. Evan, great to have you back. Oh, it's a treat to uh, to be with you both. I recall uh, fondly and vividly um, being at the festival uh, last year and are chatting about it at table in the uh, tasting uh, just before I, yeah. I left. So uh, and you yeah, made it happen, it's, it's, uh, kind of, sort of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, let's take a quick look at South America because, uh, as I think you're going to talk about, uh, the big four get a lot of uh, play, but what's going on sort of globally across South America and wine? Well, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right, and, and, and really the big four for so many people is really the big two. Um, obviously, Argentina and Chile are, are without question volumetrically and image-wise the most important countries down there. But, you know, within South America, um, Brazil and Uruguay produce a fair amount of wine as well. But what I always think is interesting for people is if you, you uh, peel off a couple more layers of the onion on a continent of 12 uh, nations, 10 out of 12 of them make wine. There's no, you know, commercially available wine in Suriname or, or Guyana, but everywhere else makes wine, and they do have impact. You know, collectively, I always, you know, remind people that as such, it does make South America the most important wine continent outside of Europe uh, in terms of sheer volume and number of participating uh, nations, and one that has a pretty, uh, pretty formidable uh, footprint around the world. You know, just here in the United States alone, south of, your, uh, south of the border, uh, we, you know, one out of four glasses of wine or bottles of wine served and consumed um, are South American. Yeah. And the prices are amazing from South America. Yeah, very much so. You know, in, in spite of all of the craziness of, of tariffs and things like that, which, you know, down here right now, unlike our European friends, the South Americans are not uh, being penalized at all. But nevertheless, you know, when one thinks about it, you know, the cost of land, cost of grapes, cost of labor, cost of inventory, et cetera, are remarkably lower than they are in many parts of the world. And that um, generally does equate in bottles arriving to all of us. Uh, at a fairly good price when compared to, you know, their neighbors and, and other uh, producing countries around the world. I always tell people that, you know, the, the, the $15 bottle of wine that you buy, Argentinian or Chilean, which are usually the most accessible to us um, here, are equivalent to a wine of, you know, $10 more per bottle elsewhere when you look at the, uh, the quality yeah. objectively for the reasons that I, I brought up. Our guest is Evan Goldstein, uh, Full Circle Wine Solutions, and uh, was to head up the South American uh, delegation here. Evan, uh, we're going to talk later to Aurelio Montes, but that's one of the things he's been fighting his whole life is to raise the image of uh, Chilean wine and to raise that FOB price because they feel like they're somewhat discriminated against globally uh, as the sort of cheap and cheerful producer, and yet we know they have so much more to offer. Oh, very much so. And, and fortunately, there's so many other people um, who are, 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 for better purposes, more objective than, than Aurelio is. And Aurelio is one of the great ambassadors for Chile and wine out there. But increasingly, more and more people, you know, people such as yourself, people such as Tim Atkin, people such as Jancis Robinson, a number of other great white wine writers around the world and critics have been really commenting on how as people explore provenance more and are really, as we do in, 
in the in the U.S. as you do in in Canada explore um, you know sense of place greater. Uh, they're learning that you know with the uh, you know amazing. Uh, range of soil types of colluvials and alluvials and the climate conditions that they have there and in amazing viticultural people uh, such as Pedro Para and such who are really exploring uh, what is there, uh, it's there, yeah. there is a treasure trove of super quality premium wines increasingly made available from uh, that country. You have experience, obviously, a lot of experience in California. There, in some ways, I feel like they're struggling with Malbec, with Carmenere, with Cabernet, with these single varieties. When perhaps maybe they should move on to something different to capture the imagination of the next generation of wine drinkers. Have you? Do you see that, or do you feel that from California, even from North to South America, that perhaps we'll move in a different direction? Well, but will you, I think over time, people, um, consuming people, and certainly the trade, have become more and more comfortable of and embracing of blended wines. And one of the things we know in South America, be it in Argentina or in Chile, most notably, you know, these so-called cortes, C-O-R-T-E-S, which are their word for blended wines, right. are yeah. part and parcel of what they do. Whether it's you know in Chile or, or or Argentina, making wines that are patterned on you know sort of the traditional wines of Bordeaux, which don't worry about how much Cabernet or how much Merlot or Carmenere or whatever is in there. That's been part and parcel of what they do for a long time. We tend to still be um, a little bit variety-centric here uh, in the U.S., which is to say people do want to see that grape type on the label. But statistics will, will, will show you, and I'm not telling you anything that you, in case you don't know, that more and more people are becoming accepting of blends and less... Um, uh, uncomfortable with the idea of not seeing a grape variety on the label. And that, of course, bodes well uh, for countries like Chile and Argentina, where cortes are such an important part of what they do. I'd like you to tell us about Paish, the Criolla grapes. Ah, yes, absolutely. Um, one of the one of the uh, secret ingredients or secret weapons, I think, that, that most of these countries are going to have in South America moving forward is this long history of a, a, a category of grapes that they call Criolas, C-R-I-O-L-L-A-S, which are the grapes that essentially came to South America through, um, because grapes are not native to South America. I think a lot of people don't think about that, but there were no grapes there, and it was really through um, the Spanish, at first the conquistadores, and then secondarily uh, the missionaries who came over who brought grapes with them uh, from the homeland. And this is long before you know people were thinking about things like Tempranillo and stuff like that. And yeah. they brought grapes, a lot of them coming from the Canary Islands and, and uh, places like that, that were a pais, which is uh, the grape of Chile, the national grape of Chile, uh, called Criola Chica over in Argentina. We call it the mission grape here in North America. I don't know if you have any up in Canada, but we still have a little bit left here in California. And it's also called Listan Prieto, uh, which is the name it carries over in Iberia. And uh, that's a grape that was planted um, ages ago, of which there are still plantings that can be found uh, that are, you know, almost 200 years old um, and living and still producing there, but one of just uh, a handful of grapes. That's the one that gets the most press. But there are other grapes, uh, Moscatel. Uh, obviously, there are strains of Moscato that go back that far. Uh, the Pedro Jimenez grape with a G rather than an X uh, over in Argentina has been getting more play. So there are these, um, these uniquely South American grapes 
which are, you know, um, a signature, an increasing signature uh, for those countries. They are, you know, even in places like Bolivia and Peru, um, you find grapes like uh, Molar and Uvina and things like that that are primarily used for distillation, for Pisco, but a lot of people are playing with them to make wine out of them as well, and Mm. they've had some very good results. Our guest is Evan Goldstein. He's the president and uh, CEO of Full Circle Wine Solutions, uh, also a master sommelier for uh, uh, decades. Uh, too many decades, perhaps, Evan, now. But uh, I want to <laughs> uh, what's your take? Uh, we're almost out of time. But what's your take on then this next generation? Everybody talks about millennials. Nobody can figure them out. Uh, I assume that they're going to just become mostly like us. I mean that in a good way when it comes to wine. But what do you think about that? That uh, selling wine to millennials? No, you you and I share the same point of view. I mean, I remember when I was of that so-called millennial age, or maybe not so much me, but a lot of my uh, my cohorts and all that, and we were all drinking, you know, beers, uh, inexpensive and in craft, and we were drinking our, our things like that. Today, I guess they all drink White Claw and everything like that. But yeah. I, I think over time, as people mature, um, one, they kind of move past a lot of those uh, those beverages, and they move into uh, other things. And I think they realize with the beer end and the cocktail end, they're much more caloric, and you can only drink so much of them. And, you know, I always tell people that, you know, particularly as people become more interested in, in their food and all those other things, you know, until somebody can show me, uh, you know, uh, a flavor of White Claw or a gin and tonic RTD or whatever that makes my food taste better, uh, <laughs> wine will always have a leg up in that regard. Right. Perfectly said. Oh, man. Evan, it's so great to talk to you uh, and to do a bit of a catch-up. I'm not sure how it's going to uh, uh, unfold. I hear they may push it back another year to get everybody organized in South America, but we can't wait till you're back up in Vancouver uh, to talk about these wines and do some presentations. Uh, I know you're keeping busy, and I know you're still safe, so that's a good thing, and uh, we really appreciate your time today. The, the pleasure is mine, and I, I genuinely look forward to coming up and joining you uh, and all of your community again to talk about South American wines, learn myself even more about Okanagan. Uh, while I'm up there, I'm going to take an opportunity, I think, to yeah. jump over and do some visiting while I'm there. But uh, it can't come too soon. I look forward to it. I send you virtual hugs uh, over uh, the airwaves here, and um, we'll see you soon enough. Thank Thanks so you. much, Evan. Great. Great to chat with you. Evan Goldstein, Master Sommelier, and uh, working in so many different areas of the wine business. He's been uh, talking, teaching, educating across uh, across the world uh, for the last 30 years uh, and, of course, was uh, scheduled to be here. But we're having a virtual wine festival. We're taking a quick break, but when we come back, we're heading, uh, we're heading down to Chile, and we're going to speak with Aurelio Montes. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Experience award-winning wines at Tinhorn Creek Vineyards. The tasting room is open daily from 11 till 5. Test your wine tasting know-how with their unique black glass blind tasting, where you tell them what's in the glass. For more VIP experiences, Crush Club memberships are also available. Keep up to date with wine tastings and estate-only promotions on their Instagram feed. And don't forget, Viradoro Restaurant is now open daily with a new spring menu. For details and reservations, visit tinhorn.com. 
love the extraordinary organic wines of Summerhill Pyramid Winery in the pristine Okanagan Valley delivered to your door. When you become an organic ambassador, a portion of every purchase you make at Summerhill goes back into your account, which you can use towards future purchases anytime. Share the love with your friends to earn even more credits. Find out more about Summerhill Pyramid Winery's Organic Ambassador Program and order online by visiting summerhill.bc.ca. It's a new normal. My husband and I want to get away. Need something to look forward to. So we decided to book a weekend away at a European wellness resort right here in BC. Plan an escape without leaving the province at Sparkling Hill Resort. Overlooking the beautiful Okanagan Valley. Relax and focus on your health and wellness at this luxury resort. Check out the immersive wellness packages available and learn more about this undiscovered gem today at sparklinghill.com. Hillside Winery is here to serve you, BC. We're offering free shipping across the province on all orders of six bottles or more. Let Hillside deliver direct to your doorstep and give you one less thing to tick off your shopping list. If you're a local, ordering online for pickup is easy and hassle-free. Hillside will happily box up your wines and have them ready and waiting for you. We want to make getting your favorite Hillside wines easy. Find us online at hillsidewinery.ca. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our next guest is uh, none other than Aurelio Montes Sr. Uh, I've had a chance to know Aurelio for about three decades now. He's the founder and co-founder of uh, Montes uh, winery way down south in Chile in a place called Colchawa in a valley called Apalta. Aurelio, welcome to the show. We're really excited to talk to you today about uh, Chile and uh, your life in wine. How are you doing? Tony and Casey, good, good to have a contact with you. Great. I'm doing very well. We're starting our picking now. It's actually, I'm in the countryside today deciding what, uh, what grapes to pick. So everything is going very well. Huh. I want you to take me back. I don't know when was the first time you you went to Colchow and saw saw the place and decided this is where I think we should build a winery called Montes. Well, the very beginning, Tony. It's in 1972 when I was just graduated as an agronomist and a winemaker from the Catholic University, and uh, my boss in those days was uh, Unturaga Winery, the people of of the oh, Raga yeah. family. And they told me that there was a little spot of land someplace in Colchagua Valley that uh, someone was offering some grapes and they didn't know really if they, are, they were worth the quality we were looking for. And so I did my first trip very young, just graduated. And when I came to Apalta, there was only one very small producer and it was love at first sight. The most <laughs> beautiful corner, yeah, in, in Colchagua Valley and in Chile. And, of course, with all the natural conditions to produce amazing wine. So my dream started in 1972 and came a reality when we bought land to plant in 1990. That's wow. roughly the story. Yeah. 
Such a great place and uh, home to your famous Montezalfa Cabernet Sauvignon. you also have had uh, not a dream, I think, more of a goal to to raise the image of Chilean wine from the get-go. Uh, you've spent 30 years at it. You've been awarded many times for your work in it. Do you do you feel like Chile is where it should be internationally now? And do you feel like you're reaching some of those goals of getting on that world wine map with some real significance? Tony, I think that Chile, it is one of the best places to grow amazing quality wines here. We have, you know, the landscape, we have the terroir, the people, the climate, you know, the skills, the passion, everything. Uh, I I think I did a good work, a a good job pushing this up. And I created, you know, the Montes Alpha line. And then came the Folly, the Montes Alpha M, the Purple Angel, and so on. So I think that I, I, I added a little grain of sand into this uh, final target that is to put Chile in a better position. Some yeah. other wineries also are doing a good job, like Eduardo Chadwick, the Lapostol family, and some others. So I think that it's, it's something that is beginning to build up. That sounds great to me. Uh, let's talk a bit about the winery because I want to taste one of the wines with our listeners. I'm going to have you lead us through the Montes Alpha Cabernet. But first, uh, you built a new winery uh, or a new facility there. It's quite unusual using following uh, Fen Shui. Can you just give us quickly a, a, just a quick synopsis of how that worked out? Why did you build a winery that way? Well, uh, uh, the, the, this is a, a, a sure thing with uh, Douglas Murray, whom you know you knew very sure. well as well. D- Douglas was a, a big fan of Feng Shui. I, I wasn't that, uh, you know, uh, uh, aware of Feng Shui and all its uh, benefits. Uh, yep. But Douglas pushed a lot, and I followed his steps. And we decided to build a winery that was that should be totally different to the rest of all, and to make different wines and very special wines. So Feng Shui was something different, and and was a, a very strong inspiration. Uh, coming from Douglas Murray, my partner, and in a less, uh, 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 you know, enthusiasm from myself, because Douglas was the one that was really a deep believer in in Feng Shui. Now, Feng Shui makes the winery very special, because we're using, you know, the stones, the wood from the same area that the winery uh, is built, Um, uh, the, the, the way we put the windows, you know, the way the light come in, comes in, uh, everything is put in a way that you feel happy, safe, in a good comfort. And we we wanted that for our people and ourselves to have even more inspiration uh, when we were working at the, at the winery. So every visitor that goes there, he, he really never forgets how special uh, is that winery. Well, I've been to the winery. It's one of the most beautiful wineries I've ever been to anywhere. And what is very impressive is you have music playing in the barrel room all day. Uh, we decided to put the music. And the, 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 the final fact is to create, you know, an atmosphere to work that is totally fantastic, relaxed, and you are willing to stay and to work hard there. The place is so nice that you don't want to leave the place. You want to stay inside there. So um, our, our philosophy in some way is that we want happy people to work with us. We don't want unhappy people. Unhappy people do everything wrong. Happy people, they do everything correct. And I think that Feng Shui and the Gregorian chants in the barrel room 
are a big, a big, a big uh, you know, inspiration towards yeah. doing things correctly. That is so great. Uh, Aurelia, we've asked uh, our listeners to uh, go out and pick up a bottle of the Monticelfa 2018 Cabernet Sauvignon because we promised them that you would take us through this wine. Can you just quickly give us uh, uh, what it is, where it's from, what it tastes like, how it's made, that sort of thing? Give us the, the story of Monticelfa Cabernet Sauvignon 2018. It comes from two different uh, estates, you know, our state in Apalta and a more coastal state that it's um, Chiwe. Um, <clears throat> for the 2018, we had one of the best, you know, years, uh, so to speak, you know, in terms of, uh, of temperature, rainfall, no frost. We had a, a very rainy winter. We had a, a very mild spring, a long and dry and warm summer. So we could ripen the grapes uh, totally well until the perfect uh, flavors and the sugar level and everything was there. So um, we are very happy for this harvest that it's meant to be one of the best of the top, you know, vintages from the past uh, maybe 10 years. Mm-hmm. Now, what you have here in front of you is a wine that it's uh, still very young. It's, uh, it's strong. It's, it's purple red, kind of young wine, very intense. You know, uh, when you uh, go and smell the wine and try to get the flavors out of it, I'm getting, you know, an explosion of fruits here. I can recall a little bit of olives, blackberries, some sort of red cherries, not the black cherry, but the red cherries. Very flavor, very, uh, uh, you know, inviting the the flavor. Mm -hmm. And then if you still keep on moving your glass, you will get, secondary flavors, a little bit of nutmeg, maybe vanilla, a, a well-integrated oak from the barrels where it was aged. And and then if you put the wine in your mouth, you know, and enjoy it, you will get a very strong attack of the wine into the mouth, a full-bodied wine with solid but very soft tannins. Again, the fruit comes back in the back palate. It's a wine that after you swallow it or you spit it, whatever, uh, it's um, uh, it lingers to stay there. You know, you're you're still getting the fruit and the very nice hints of of, of a little bit of vanilla and, and cherries coming back. So we're we're extremely happy with this wine. It's our current release. It's um, about to be finished from the winery, but it's of course uh, in every shelf in the market where we have a presence, like in British Columbia. Wow, that was great. Thanks so much for that. Uh, really, we're almost out of time. Everybody asked you about retiring, and I know that you're never going to retire. So you're you're still having fun and and uh, keeping your hand involved in almost everything uh, in the business. And with all those grandkids, you must be busy. Well, I am very busy. I'm totally hands on. I couldn't stop. It's not in 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 my style of of of, of living, of course. And Aurelio uh, Junior, my son, is taking a lot of responsibilities in the winemaking and the viticulture, but I'm supervising everything. I'm moving a lot around. I'm traveling to the markets, you know, to run tastings and little lectures and seminars. So, uh, Tony, you know, well, you will never stop me. Yeah. (laughs) And, Uh, Aurelio, how many grandchildren do you have? Well, Casey, that's a good question, and I'm very proud. I got five kids and 19 grandchildren, Wow. So you can imagine, you know, the, the Sunday lunches at home. Oh, you're it's so It's a lucky. real mess, but I'm 
I'm so happy to have a mess at home yes. with kids of all ages uh, playing and, and doing uh, things there. So, so family is one of the important things that I really enjoy in life. Rio, thanks so much. Uh, so great to catch up with you. Yeah. Uh, okay, Tony. So glad to, to, to hear you and Casey as well. And waiting you here in Apalta Valley and the amazing restaurant that we're running with Francis Malman, this amazing Argentinian chef. That was Aurelio Montes. Uh, of course, he's a legend in uh, South American wine and, of course, a real builder for the country of Chile. We can't wait to get back down there. We'll take a quick break. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And uh, when we return, Dr. Laura Catena joins us from Catena Zapata in Argentina. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. British Columbia's wine growing history dates back generations, and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. With Save On Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Browse the entire collection now at saveonfoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer. Location, location, location. If you've made up your mind to finally take that big step and move to the beautiful Okanagan, keep in mind that you don't have to do it alone. The right real estate agent can make all the difference. Let Sean Everest of Remax Kelowna be your trusted advisor as you embark on this exciting new chapter. I'm Sean Everest. I raised my family here and you can too. Visit seaneverest.com and let me help you on your move. And welcome to the Okanagan. I'm sure you're going to love it. Watermark Beach Resort in Asoyuz is taking some time to refresh and renew for the upcoming season. Renovations are underway at the restaurant, but takeout is still available seven days a week. Book now for spring and summer travel to avoid disappointment and discover the South Okanagan good life at the Okanagan Resort that defines easy living. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com for full details and keep up to date on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Join the Black Hills Estate Winery Wine Club to experience the perks of membership. With front-of-the-line access to new releases, exclusive limited production wines, and VIP experiences both virtual and in-person, you will always stay connected. Plus, wine club members have access to the Vineyard Guest House overlooking the beautiful valley. To find out more, follow us on Facebook and Instagram or visit us at blackhillswinery.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our next guest is Dr. Laura Catena. She's the managing uh, director of uh, Catena Zapata Wines. Uh, and uh, another of the bright lights in the modern wine industry in South America, which we are exploring today. Laura, great to have you on the show. Welcome back. Hello. Buenos dias. Yeah. Buenos dias to you. Uh, always great to catch up with you. Uh, uh, so many things I want to talk about, but maybe with the, as an old editor would say, with the broad strokes, uh, what's what's happening in Argentina? It's been thir- sort of thirty years now in this modern development. Are you are you happy with the way things are moving along in in terms of the image of Argentina and, and Argentine wines? 
Yes, I think we've made incredible progress. When I started, I used to go and sell wine with one of the salespeople, and the buyers would say, I love this wine about Malbec, Catena Malbec, but I can't buy it because, you know, the consumers don't know what Malbec is. And I would say today, anybody that drinks wine knows Malbec. Uh, I think there are some challenges for the future, uh, like people understanding that Malbec tastes different depending on where it comes from, also knowing that uh, Malbec can make a collectible wine. I mean, it used to make the most collectible wines in the world in Bordeaux in the 18th and 19th century, you know, and today it's making those wines from Argentina. But I think the general wine drinker around the world still doesn't necessarily know this, this high-end Malbec category. But we've made so much progress uh, in terms of people knowing that Argentina makes great wine. You've been very generous, and you've forged some wonderful relationships. Why is that important to you, Laura? Well, you know, I think that wine has to be tasted, and uh, people will buy wine because they think it tastes great. And, you know, this is something that my dad taught me when I started. Uh, You know, I, I was coming from medicine. I knew nothing about selling anything. And I actually asked my dad, I said, Dad, what is this thing called marketing? What what does that word actually mean? (laughs) And he said, listen, uh, the best thing is to provide a a very, very good quality, and then you never have to do any marketing. And he said, if you can make a wine or any product that's twice as good as the price, so that the competitors at twice the price, uh, you know, you're just as good as them. And we actually do blind tastings where we taste, you know, our $20 wine with $40, $50 wines. You know, our $50 wines with $100, $200 wines. And, and we, we do it blind to know, are we in the right price? You know, we want to be twice as good. If, right. if people taste your wine and they love it, uh, that's, that's the best ambassador. And so that's why I think traveling around the world, opening bottles, conducting test tastings, and now on Zoom, it's incredible because, you know, I can talk to so many more people. You know, I, I did a tasting with Peru there were 500 families. I could have never done a tasting for 500 families. You know, how do we even get them into a room? Yeah. You know, so, so actually uh, that's been an exciting thing about this last year, uh, despite all the, the badness and the craziness, is that, you know, we can sort of open more bottles and talk about them with more people. Okay, Laura, I want you to imagine 18 cities across British Columbia People are going to go out and grab a bottle of the 2018 Catena Malbec. They're going to pour it out in their glass. And now they're going to listen to you talk about this wine to them. Uh, so let's let's have a little mini tasting of the 2018 Catena Malbec. Let's do it. So the first thing that you should notice is this really dark color. So Malbec in the Middle Ages used to be called the black wine, le vin noir, because uh-huh. it was so dark. Malbec has a lot of anthocyanins. But don't let it fool you because sometimes people see that it's so dark and they think, oh, it's going to be really tannic, you know, and maybe that person likes Pinot Noir or likes, you know, older wines that are really smooth. And the interesting thing about Malbec is that it has a really dark color. It's very rich. Uh, you know, it, it, it's textured like it's a big wine, but then the tannins are silky and smooth. So this is the thing they have to remember about Malbec, really big, really dark. Very, very smooth. And uh, now, depending sorry, on where and, and from, Sorry, uh, yeah. and by the way, the smoothness of the tannins is incredible compared to 30 years ago. Like, this is a big change. Yeah, I think that that's been a lot of work in the vineyard, at the winery. You know, in, in the beginning, we used to make 
Malbec, like Cabernet Sauvignon, with long macerations. That means, you know, that you leave the skins with the juice yeah. for, uh, you know, 30 days. Because with Cabernet, that's how you soften the tannins. Well, Malbec actually has to be made more like Pinot Noir. Because Malbec right. and Pinot Noir have these really smooth tannins. And so when you make it like Pinot Noir, you get all the florals, the aromatics, and the smooth tannins. So, yes, that's a, that's a very good observation, uh, Tony. And then this wine is a blend of four different microclimates between 3,000 feet and 5,000 feet elevation. So you get, you know, the minerality, the florals from the really cool climate, more of the ripeness from the warm climate. And then when you put it all together, you get what I call our Chanel number five. You know, it's, it's like this beautiful, elegant, perfectly balanced wine. And I notice you've added high mountain vines on the label, on a, on a separate label. Yeah. Why, why did you do that? Yeah, because, you know, in Mendoza, it's all about the mountains. You know, our soils, which are really gravelly, were formed by the glaciers as they were melting and carrying these stones down. So the, the, this mountain climate determines the soil. Also, at higher altitudes, it's cooler, yet there's also more sun. Like if you think, you know, when you go skiing, you know, you burn not just from the snow, but also because you're higher up. So this combination of great sunlight intensity, these, you know, alluvial rocky soils, formed by the glaciers and this cool climate of the altitude are what make our wines you know with beautiful natural acidity you know with beautiful florals but because of the sunlight uh, and the long hang time you know the long time the grapes are ripening the, the wines are also very rich and smooth so it's the mountain that that dictates you know why our wines taste the way they do so i wanted to put it on the label Okay, our guest is Dr. Uh, Laura Catena. She's the managing director at uh, Catena Zapata Wines. We want to talk a bit about food now, Casey, and this wine. The wine is so delicious and slippery and smooth and drinkable. And what should we have, Casey? This is unwooded, correct? Uh, no, it does have some, some oak for sure. Yeah, it, ha- it has usually about 20% new oak and then second, third, fourth use barrels. But the idea is that the fruit should not should shine. Just to not notice so, it, yeah. it, it, so actually if you're not actually smelling oak, that's the, the desired wine. Great. And wouldn't this be perfect with empanadas? Absolutely. So um this is one of my favorite topics. So Malbec <laughs> to me goes very well with anything that has umami. And so like automatically people jump to steak because they know we have really good steak in Argentina. But I personally don't eat that much red meat, you know, because of health reasons. And so I love the other foods with umami, which are things like mushrooms, mushroom risotto. There's some fishes, like salmon has a lot of umami. Grilled vegetables, which is like the favorite thing in Argentina. Like you're, not, you're never going to eat only meat. You know, you, you're going to grill some vegetables and just with some olive oil and salt. We don't use a lot of spice. Everything's kind of pure, you know, from the farm to the grill to the mouth. Uh, but empanadas um, are, in Argentina, like our equivalent of pizza. So we have empanaderias instead of pizzerias. Oh, well, we also have pizzerias because we have all these Italians that came to Argentina. But empanaderias are empanadas, which is like this, this piece of dough rolled around, you know, this incredible inside. It's kind of like a calzone, you know, with this, with this juicy, uh, you know, mixture of ingredients inside. And the classic empanada has ground meat or chunks of meat with you know olives and onions and then you put it in the oven and it's incredible you know surrounded by this this thin dough 
But actually, in the empanaderias in Argentina, you can have cheese and onion empanadas, ham and cheese empanadas. You can have, you know, tomato and onions and cheese empanadas, feta cheese. That's one of my favorites. Uh, you can have corn empanadas. So it's basically a way to have, um, you know, a, 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 our version of pizza. And it goes really well with Malbec. Wow. And it would be great with lasagna. Yeah. Absolutely. With lasagna because of that cheesiness. So Malbec, because of these sweet, soft tannins, you know, not from sugar. The tannins um, are just, they taste sweet. The, the, the wine is completely dry. It goes very well with anything cheesy or a little bit fatty. There you go, folks. There's your tasting and your dinner all set for you. Laura, before you go, uh, I want to talk a little bit about this uh, terroir study that you were involved with, some exciting news coming out of the Catena Institute of Wine about terroirs. Is there some way you can tell us quickly what it was all about? Yeah, so, you know, the, the classic French story from the Cistercian monks in, Bur in Burgundy is that, you know, from different soils you get different tastes. And, you know, they did it with Pinot Noir because that's the main red variety in Burgundy. And so we were asking ourselves, well, do we have these kind of taste of place, like for this kind of soil, this kind of altitude, the wine tastes differently. And we knew as farmers that it was that way because we could taste in the grapes, but we wanted to prove it scientifically. So we actually did chemical analysis of Malbecs in 26 different plots, in different areas, different soils, different climate. And then we vinified them over three years. And what we were able to find is that there was a chemical fingerprint almost like a human fingerprint that we could identify and i could give the researchers a bottle of wine not tell them where it was from and they could test it and tell me it comes from here and wow. that is the demonstration that the taste of place exists and this study the biggest study ever done was done in argentina not in france and i think that's pretty cool too that's so great Laura, we, we, we're sorry you're not going to be in Vancouver this year, but uh, it was so great to catch up with you. And I, uh, I, just so people know the kind of person you are, you, you, you're working like crazy. you got vintage going on, but you have a special project you're going to take on in San Francisco. Can you just tell us a little bit about yeah. that before we go? Yeah, so I'm going to start working vaccinating uh, people who live in the street, homeless people in a van. Um, so... As soon as we can get organized, we're going to start doing this. I'm, I'm really excited because, I, you know, the more people we get vaccinated, uh, all kinds of people in all countries in the world, the, the sooner we'll all get back to our normal lives. Dr. Katana, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, great tasting. Uh, we wish you well, and we can't wait to see you. Thank you, Lara. Thanks, Tony and Casey. Great to see you. And I might go to Vancouver if I can this year. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Okay, okay, great. Gracias. Thanks. Bye -bye. Yeah, ciao. Yep. Dr. Laura Catena, uh, Managing Director Catena Zapata, uh, going to be driving around a van vaccinating uh, street people in San Francisco. Uh, that's the kind of wine people we love. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to a guy who's said to have tasted every piece of dirt in Argentina. Our guest is Eddie Edgardo Del Popolo from Susana Balbo Wines Next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. In the heart of the Okanagan's Golden Mile Bench, the Kalmana Family Estate Wine Shop is open for wine sales every Monday to Saturday from 11 to 3, with COVID-safe tastings Fridays and Saturdays. For those wishing to shop online, Kalmana is offering complimentary shipping for online orders of six bottles or more through the end of March. Kalmana Family Estate Winery. 
creating wines of excellence through the blending of art and science. For tasting reservations and more, visit culmina.ca. The upper bench of BC's Similkameen Valley, a special place that's the source of some of Canada's best wines. Here, nestled in a sun-laden stony corner of the mountains, you'll find Clos de Soleil Winery. Clos de Soleil blends age-old Bordeaux varieties and a unique Similkameen minerality for wines that are elegant, age-worthy, distinctively terroir-driven. Visit them by appointment or purchase their wines online at clodesoleil.ca with free shipping offered to all BC and Alberta customers on orders of six bottles or more. If you're a wine lover and you're ready for something new, try a little long-distance therapy. It's the wine club four out of four wine lovers would probably agree on. With 15% off therapy wine, discounted shipping, 20% off regular seasonal rates at the Inn at Therapy Vineyards, access to exclusive library wines, and more. Click therapyvineyards.com and choose your tier and frequency of delivery and sit back and wait as some of the Okanagan's finest is delivered direct to your door. Sign up today at therapyvineyards.com. It's true. Something great did come out of 2020. Mount Boucherie Estate Winery invites you to join the Boucherie Wine Club and experience first access to their fabulous spring releases, including the previously sold-out Rosé, Riesling, and Mount Bubbles. And that's not all. With your new Wine Club membership, enjoy complimentary tastings, exclusive access to events, and the best seats in the house at the Modest Butcher Kitchen. For more details and to sign up online, visit mtboucherie.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to, to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our next guest, uh, also a longtime friend, Edgardo Del Popolo, or better known as Eddie. He's the CEO of Susana Balbo Wines uh, in Argentina. Eddie's been to Vancouver a number of times. He's a world traveler, and uh, I recently read that he's uh, he's pretty much tasted every piece of dirt in Argentina. Eddie, welcome to the show. <laughs> Great to have you. Thank you very much, Tony. Great presentation, as always. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a big dirt eater, Eddie? <laughs> yeah, I am. Well, you know, I, I, I try almost all type of soils in Mendoza, and lately... The most calcareous that affect my, my tongue very much. Yeah, I bet. Uh, well, I thought we'd start with maybe a little bit about your journey through wine. Uh, you've been at it quite a while. We know you're at Susanna Balboa now, but how did you arrive there? What, what were some of the stops you've made where you learned your uh, learned your trade? Well, I I just spent almost thirty years in in wine. I started working. Uh, in the vintage 1982, almost 30 years. And 1982 was a pretty complicated vineyard because we had a frost, a big frost. Yeah. So in my first vintage, I had uh, only 50% of the, of, the, of the average crop because of the frost. And yeah. It was a, a complicated but pretty good quality vintage. So I started in... Uh, as a, as, a, as a vineyard manager in a in a local uh, company here that mostly produces uh, sparkling Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, Pinot Meunier, and uh, after spending six years there, I joined uh, Doña Paula. Doña Paula oh, was yeah. a, a is a, 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 a sister company to Santa Rita uh, from Chile, 
Sure. So I, I was in charge of the opening of Doña Paula here in Argentina, working uh, at least 14 vintages there. Uh, I had a great opportunity to plant many vineyards almost all along the country in, 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 in Argentina and mostly Mendoza. And after that period, I started working with Susana Valgo. So Susana gave me a call one day. She was looking for somebody to help her uh, in the winery and mostly in the vineyards and, 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 and the operation mostly. And I decided to join her uh, to help her in, in the winery and to also to, to set up my own little project that is per se. So, yeah. so far until now, I'm in charge of, of the operation in Susana and I have my own bottles in per se. Yeah. And and you're in the middle right now. You're currently in the middle of picking uh, the 20, uh, 20, 20, 2020, right? Not 2021. 2021, sorry, pardon 21. me. Vintage. Yeah, 2021. Yeah, how's that going? 2021 vintage. It's looking pretty good until now. It's uh, We have had a, a nice uh, summertime, kind of mild, nice weather uh, until the end of January. In January, some rainfall came, like uh, some kind of, uh, I will say, uh, wet, wet weather during the last week of January and the first and second week of February. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the year until now looks pretty much like uh, 2016. There was a, a dry and, 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 and humid year, but I like very much those kind of uh, vintages because they reflect the, the, the purity of the fruit, especially in those sites located in the Uco Valley, in the very upper Uco Valley, like places like Waltayari, for example. So right. since we started planting vineyards in those altitudes, the, the weather doesn't affect too much. The bad weather, when, when we have rains and heavy rains, doesn't affect too much as it happens in the, in the valley floor. So we really like cold vintages. If they are cool and dry, we enjoy much, but if they are cool and, and wet, it doesn't affect too much. So uh, uh, we, we realize. So this 2021, we had a, a, a pretty wet uh, January and, 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 and part of February, and uh, but now March is, is, is coming very sunny, and we expect uh, a little high temperatures uh, for the weekend. And uh, the real part of the harvest is going to take place the, in the next uh, two weeks so for, okay. for example the best quality malbecs are going to be harvested in, in in between the second and third week of march okay well speaking of the best quality malbecs uh, we promised our listeners a tasting today with you and we've uh, we're asking them to go out and pick up a bottle of the ben marco 2018 malbec uh which comes from the yuko valley so maybe you could lead us through this wine uh, let's start with the the name ben marco and where does the fruit come from okay yes ben marco you know means uh the son of marco for 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 the yiddish uh and uh, it's associated with the former uh heavy viticulturalist in the winery that was pedro marcheski he was the person behind the, the, the name, behind the brand, Ben Marco, and has been always the, what we call in the winery, the viticulturalist wine, because, you know, being a, a winery led by, by, by a female winemaker, the first female winemaker in Argentina, like Susana Balboa is, uh, well, 
you know, the, the situation was divided here in the winery. There were wines made by Susana and some wines made by the viticulturalist. So I, since 2013, I, I have taken Ben Marco as my, my personal challenge in the winery, and I'm responsible for the, for the rain. So I'm, I've been making Ben Marco since this uh, harvest. And today I, I introduced some changes in the winery uh, because Ben Marco uh, in, the, in the very first vintages was a wine made with uh, Malbec coming from multi-regional uh, places, uh, different places within Mendoza always. But yeah. I decided to move Ben Marco to the to the high altitude Los Chacalles appellation in Uco Valley. So since 2013, it's a 100% single vineyard from Los Chacalles in the Uco Valley, mm. where we have a fantastic, fantastic alluvial soils and very nice weather to grow Malbec. So it's a single vineyard from sandy, uh, loam, calcareous kind of soil uh, with a fantastic. Uh, Kind of cool climate uh, that that helps the vine to 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 ripe uh, as it best. So uh, 2018, yeah. yeah, go ahead. 2018 was a warm vintage. Uh, uh, was a vintage, uh, plenty of sun and plenty of nice weather, and uh, we could reap ripe uh, very well the the, the, the the grapes, and we harvest in uh, very good conditions. So. I think we finished with a very nice and expressive wine with a lot of kind of layers in both aromas and, and, and tasting notes. Yeah. And what would be your favorite food match for this wine? Oh, I always enjoy having uh, these kind of wines with, with, uh, with empanadas. Perfect. From, 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 if they are from Salta, much better because they make the best <laughs> empanadas. And, uh, of course, with, with, with a nice piece of beef. Yeah, and uh, it's a it, it's a lovely wine, Eddie. Lifted. There's a lot. Even though you say it's a warm year, I feel the floral notes in this wine, the violets, everything coming in in the back end. It really lifts the wine up in the glass. Very impressive, uh, and uh, of course widely available here in BC. So that's great for us to have a chance to taste it with you. Normally, this is the story people would be getting from you if if they were in front of the booth and you were behind the booth at the wine festival talking about the wines, and that's sort of what we wanted to create, so uh, we're happy about that. Yeah, well, I always enjoy showing the Marco. Uh, uh, in 2018, uh, Beyond Being a Warm Vintage is, uh, is, is one of my favorites, together with 2019 and 2016. I think 17 was a pretty complicated, but 2018 was, was fantastic, and it's showing mm. very well right now. Eddie, uh, I know you're so busy. Thanks for your time today uh, in the middle of the harvest speaking to us. It's great to catch up with you, and we can't wait until we're able to either get down there or you can come back to Vancouver. Uh, but for our listeners now, they can go out and pick up the Ben Marco 2018 and do the tasting with you, uh, and we're very happy about that. Good luck with the harvest, Eddie, and we'll touch base with you after everything's uh, picked and in the tanks and uh, settling down. Thank you very much, Tony, and uh... I always like uh, speaking with you and, of course, with, with Casey as well. Thank and you. And the first time you have the opportunity to come down, please come and visit I will. us in the winery. Okay. That's Edgardo Del Popolo. He's the CEO of Susanna Balbo Wines. We've been tasting the Ben Marco 2018. Folks, we are out of time for our sort of virtual tasting uh, festival event today. 
Many of these wines available across British Columbia. We'll have more of that on our social media channels over the next few days. Uh, thank you, Anissa Hetherington, for the great job on the phones and contacting us with the folks from South America today. Casey Wilson, uh, great weekend. I know you're going to cook empanadas at home. You know what? My mouth is watering. <laughs> That's all we have, folks. Have a super weekend. We'll be back next week. Thanks so much. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.